0: Turn in your Bibles, Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. This is the parable of the, the persistent widow. Uh, all familiar with the story? This is the only place in the Bible you'll find this story. It's in the backdrop of the last time I preached. I was preaching uh, on, in Luke 17. The Pharisee said to Jesus, when's this kingdom coming? And we saw how the kingdom had already come. The word had become flesh and dwelt among us. The king of kings walked on the earth amongst the Pharisees and amidst what was in front of them. We looked at how the kingdom of God was advancing as hearts and minds by the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God advances that way. And we looked at how the king would return one day in glory to judge the living and the dead. And as as the night sky is lit up by lightning, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? And it's a big part of our responsibility as a church is to be a prayerful people. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes when he puts a story beside another part of the, 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 the story, if you like. So this story follows on from that. And I'm going to read you this story. And the Bible says, and Paul is absolutely right, the best part of what comes out of my mouth is the Scripture. And that's actually the same for you too, Paul. nevertheless when the son of man comes will he find faith on the earth i love Jesus' stories i just love the stories and we've been sharing the gospel on the howard Estate for for the last couple of years and i said to you last time i changed tactics i've just started telling the stories of jesus to teenagers, to, to a particular family that let us, let us, let us speak with them, and they, they're so engaged with these stories, so I want to ask you to give your time to consider and think through this story today, and in this story, we, we learn a little bit about asking, but this persistent Whether we're going to meet the two characters in the story in a moment, and we had some, some um, the words today, you'll find me when you seek me, if you seek me with all your heart, that is a, that is a persistence and prayer that god's kingdom advances throughout the world god is hovering over this church um persistence is required asking is required and we see this in, in in real life We see this every day i am an employer and i have been an employee and i have learned about asking as an employee and i've learned of asking as an employer when i got my first proper job and i was very young my first permanent job Uh, I learned a little bit about how not to ask. I worked really hard for my boss, and my boss was pleased with my work, but my boss did not like to give me holidays. He didn't like to give me holidays, and I liked having time off. So I found to get holidays, I had to be like this widow. I had to go, and I had to ask. I had to seek. I had to knock. And it was rightfully mine, but I had to pursue it. I had to ask for it. If I didn't ask for it, I wasn't going to get my holiday. And because I was a bit timid when I was younger, I'm sure you can't imagine that, I didn't get all my holiday requirements because I wasn't as persistent as I should be. Now, as an employer, sometime later, I have found that people who ask tend to get People who ask tend to get. Somebody working for me, passes an exam, gets a qualification, I review their pay. I say, Paul, we're gonna give you a 5,000 pound pay rise. Now if Paul's a very agreeable chap, he's going to say, oh, thank you. That is really kind of you. Thank you, that's really kind of you. However, what I've noticed is the people who say, that's not enough, I want a bit more, I'm worth a bit more. That makes me reconsider and think again, and sometimes they actually get a little bit more. Asking is very important. You do not have because you do not ask. And in this story, we're going to learn about asking. And whenever I tell these stories in the Howard Estate, often I tell the story and I say to the people, hey guys, what do you think the story means? And we get all sorts of things coming up. But in this occasion, Jesus says right at the start of the story why he's telling it, okay? He's telling it for this reason. He told them a parable, this story, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Jesus is speaking to his people and he's saying, I'm telling you the story because I want you always to pray and not lose heart. And this tells me something. Jesus doesn't tell stories for no reason. It is possible, Christian, for you to lose heart, to lose faith. It is possible, Christian, for you to give up on prayer. And that's why this story is told. So if you are feeling like you're losing heart, you're feeling like you're giving up on prayer, this story is for you. So tune in. Let's meet the characters. He said in a certain city there was this judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So the first character we're going to meet is a very, very unpleasant character. He has no fear of God. Myself and Anna had a, a trip away um, without the kids uh, in, in Wales uh, during the week, and, and we had the most spectacular sky that night. It was just beautiful. i had never seen the Milky Way before, but it's in Wales. So if you want to see it, that's where you need to go. <laughs> we saw the Milky Way. It was absolutely glorious, spectacular spectacular and the correct response to that creation is God you are majestic what is man that you are mindful of me the son of man that you care for us but this judge has no fear and no regard for God whatsoever he has turned aside from God and that's dangerous and the other thing about this judge is he has absolutely no regard for man so we have people who don't believe in the things of God in this country. This country has is still, is still got foundations of Christianity. Christianity means that mankind is made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, they have intrinsic value. But this judge, no, no, no honour for God, and does not care about mankind. Doesn't care about this widow we're going to meet in a minute. Has no regard at all. This is a good guy? It's a very bad guy. You think about this, maybe a guy like uh, Vladimir Putin. Myself and Anna, we've been speaking with this family in the Ukraine over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, we've got this lady coming to live with us. And speaking to this, the mother of this young woman in her mid-20s, you see the devastation that this guy, Putin, is causing to this family. Splitting a family up, taking away their security. It's evil. No fear of God. Now, he says he's a Christian. He says he's an Orthodox Christian. But... If an apple tree says it's an apple tree and doesn't produce apples, it's not an apple tree. There's no love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control here. So picture this judge, somebody like that, Hitler, Putin, someone really evil. So that's the first character. The second character is this widow. So there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. I want you to um, have sympathy on this widow. I think there was a word today about people's situations being gloomy and difficult. This widow is one of these ladies that has a very difficult situation because this woman has lost her husband, first of all. So that's not nice. She's lost her husband. And not, not only she lost her husband, but we've got this person, this, this adversary coming against her and giving her injustice. So she's getting injustice as well. I don't know what's happened. Maybe she's not getting her inheritance from her husband. I don't know. But whatever's happening, she is being sinned against. She is being wrong and it's breaking the law. Hence, it's injustice. So she's being, a crime is being committed against her. She's lost her husband. And the person that can help her has no fear of God and does not care about her. It's pretty bad, isn't it? That's the widow in the story. That's the widow in the story. And when we see these things in our in our in our lives and in people's lives, it can cause you, us people, at times to question, to question the goodness of God, to question God. Like I say, speaking to this lady in the Ukraine, and you know, she's crying over the Zoom call. And it's like, why is this why is this happening? Why is this happening? She's saying, I'm praying every day, I'm praying every day, nothing's changing. And she's feeling upset and broken and it can cause us to question the goodness of God but I want to tell you that that God is good and these questions that we have in our hearts and minds that come I mean I'm pretty sure you've all had these thoughts I mean Ellie shared a couple of weeks ago when she was preaching about about her friend who passed away with a, with a tumor brain tumor and I lost a friend to leukemia when I was 12 these things happen these things happen in lives and can make us question things but God is so good and Martin Luther was reflecting on these things comes up with some good statements as martin luther he's reflecting on these things and he said this he says the fact that god became incarnate that is the word becoming flesh that is the the, the second person of the godhead entering the the womb of a teenage virgin being born laid in a in a manger being living amongst us doing good touching the lepers healing the sick raising the dead Weeping, losing his, losing his cousin John to murder. Perhaps he dwelt among us and experienced our suffering, died on a Roman cross. Tells us that even we don't understand things, he sides with the afflicted, the oppressed, and the desperate. This widow is going to this judge day in, day out, asking for justice. He's asking for a good thing. And it says, for a while he refused. And Jesus is telling the story in the context of prayer because sometimes whenever we are praying and we are battling, we can feel like for a while he refused. This guy is refusing because this guy is evil. God is so good. God is so good. Afterward, this evil judge says to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I am going to give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. This judge answers the prayer of the widow because he cares about himself and he doesn't want to listen to her. And Jesus is pointing us to how much better is our loving heavenly father. He says, Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? And uh, Jenny brought that word earlier about you will find me when you seek me, when you seek me casually and occasionally. Is that what the word said? You seek me with all your heart, all your heart. God will give justice to his elect, There's people, the called out ones who cry to him day and night. Now I'm from a family in, in, in Ireland where we had no pets. We had no pets and I'm gonna tell you why we had no pets. Pets smell, pets leave hair on the floor, Pets are a tie and you're gonna go away. I grew up in that household. I was happy in that household. I intended to build a household such as this. Then, I now find myself with a dog, two hamsters and some fish. (laughs) Why, why? The reason is this, because I heard this this voice. Daddy, can we have a dog? (laughs) Daddy, can we have a dog? Daddy, can we have a dog? Daddy, can we have a dog? can we have a dog? Mommy, can we have a dog? (laughs) Ask your dad, Dad, can we have a dog? (laughs) No, you can't have a dog. But because this went on and on and on and on and on and on and on, I realized something. They really want a dog. And I am correct, dogs are smelly. They leave hair on the floor and they are a tie. But we have one because they cried day and night. They cried day and night. If they'd asked me in August once, in January once, and April once, would they have got a dog? They would not have got a dog, because they didn't really want the dog. They cry day and night. I think I actually like a dog more than them, actually. But if you cry day and night, that's what you want. There seems to be. Jesus is telling the story, he's teaching us about prayer. There seems to be a special place in heaven for the cries of God's people day and night one of the things we're to be praying for is justice will not God give justice to his elect who cried to him day and night but that which what you really want that's what you really want what you pray for day and night so I'm going to give you a couple of uh, illustrations from my life and what I've prayed for and cried for day and night so I've been a Christian now for 18 years 18 years and ever since becoming a Christian and really understanding the gospel, and understanding the fact that I am supposed to live for a purpose on this earth, I don't want to just live the life that that was shown to me as a as a young man, and that is just get a good job, earn some money, and have nice holidays. That was that was just the aim. That's that's what you're going for. I guess it's the uh, the Irish dream, not the American dream. And. When I came to know the Lord, I started praying day and night, God, I want your will to be done in my life, and I want you to lead me. Okay? But that wasn't just a casual prayer that I prayed on a Monday in 20, 2004 and on a Tuesday in 2009. Every day I prayed that. Every day I prayed that. And God has led me. I'm going to tell you one way God has led me. I've been leading this church for six years, and uh, the night before, no one asked me to lead the eldership team. Anna came and said, I've been praying, and I've had a picture. I see you taking, taking the steering wheel of a ship. And then the next day, no one asked me to lead the eldership team. You might think that's a coincidence, but I think that's got the stamp of God on it. Cry day and night, lead, your will be done. Your will be done. Sujith gave us a very kind word at the weekend away. I'm just telling you my cries days and nights. You've got your own. Sujith gave us a very kind word. He, he, he did an illustration with myself and Anna at the front. and um, He could have done it privately, but he did it in front of you all. But anyway, he said about our kids. He said that our children are going to serve the Lord and our children's children are going to serve the Lord. But I just want to tell you something about that. Ever since we got, we got married... I've been prayed that we don't want to have children unless they're going to serve the Lord. We don't want to have children unless they're going to serve the Lord. We don't want grandchildren unless they're going to serve the Lord. And I pray for this every single day of my life. When I say every single day, maybe there's the occasion day I miss it, but almost every single day of my life. I cry for this day and night. Sometimes my prayers are casual and indifferent, but there are certain things that I really, really care about. Norman preached last week about, about um, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is a gift I, I came across, and it's, it's a biblical gift. Norman showed that to us last week. And when I heard about this, I started crying for it day and night. I didn't just ask once after Norman preached. I asked and 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 I I tried and I tried and I don't know what I was doing in the mirror, speaking into the mirror, but I was trying, seeking God. One night I had a terrible dream. This demonic creature was coming in the room to get me and I was kinda of awake and asleep at the same time. Do you know when you get that sort of dream? I woke up praying in tongues and it became part of my prayer life ever since. Seeking this with all my might, crying day in, day out, and then recently this situation I told you we're having this lady from the Ukraine come to live with us. We've got a spare room in our house after uh, our extension, but again, we've been praying for God. What do you want us to do with this spare room? Because we know it's not just supposed to be a guest room for my parents. What do you want this room to be used for? What is your will? And people suggested certain things to us, but we didn't feel peaceful about it. We kept on praying, kept on praying. We thought we want to put, put this forward and to see if anything happens. And then the stamp of God for us is how God speaks is he shows us things. So we get this phone call. We get this phone call and this lady's got a lovely accent. And Anna says, you sound a bit like my husband. And she says, yeah, I'm from Ireland. What part? Northern Ireland. What part of Northern Ireland? County Down. Whereabouts? There's a little village called Seinfeld just outside Belfast husband lives there is from there literally it's two minutes from my parents house it's like stamp of God stamp of God cry day in day out like this widow some things haven't been answered yet but I'm going to keep on going keep on praying day in day out and then he asked the question will he delay long over them I tell you he will give justice to them speedily we had a sermon from Becky a while ago about waiting well and, and sometimes in, the pr- in our prayer journeys you have to wait well. And this, this dear lady from Ukraine saying, I'm, I'm praying, we're praying, for, we're praying every day, we're praying every day but nothing seems to be changing. And Jesus asked the question, will he delay over them? I tell you he will give justice to them speedily. But apparently nothing's changing but I do believe that the prayers of the Ukrainian people are going to be honoured by God. They will be because it's in God's character to honour them. Peter says this, Apostle Peter says this, do not overlook this one fact. If I throw my pen in the air, it's going to fall to the ground. That's a fact. Peter says, don't look over this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. This woman in the story's widow is going to this evil judge, but we're going to a God with a completely perfect view of time. He says in Romans, those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And those whom he predestined, he called. Those whom he called, he justified. Those whom he justified, he glorified. All in present tense. He sees the end from the beginning. One day is a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day. And that's who we're going to remember that when you go to him. And then he says this, he says, nonetheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So he's told this story, this widow going to this evil judge persists and persists and persists. And this is our example of faith. Will he find a church that keeps on going, keeps on fighting, keeps on crying day in and day out for his kingdom to come and advance in our own lives? in the lives of our loved ones, in the lives of the church, in the lives of the nation, in the lives of Europe and this world? Will he find that faith when he comes back? Will he find that? There's so much for us. But we have to battle in prayer. I had a full holiday entitlement in that job. I did not get it. Because I gave up. And it was hard. I was a little bit scary at times. Will he find faith when he comes on the earth? Will he find a people of praying? He told them a prayer to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Let's pray. Let's not lose heart. I've told you some stories today from my own life. Hope they've encouraged you. In this question I've been thinking about, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? And just in my own devotionals this week, I'm reading through 1 Kings and Hebrews I just got to that great passage of faith in Hebrews 11. Just in my own devotionals. And I just read something. And I just love it. It says by faith. This is verse 8 of Hebrews 11. By faith. Abraham. Obeyed. When he was called to go out to a place. That he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out. Not knowing where he was going. And. Faith is obedience it's a gift. There's lots of things you can say about faith, but one of the things is it's obedience. Abraham said, by faith, Abraham obeys God. He obeys God. If we're in disobedience to God, we are not living by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed. When he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> faith is obedience, F- faith is trust. On this, in Wales we went on this walk and Anna likes to get her uh, Ordnance survey map up and she plots these routes. Did you hear about this? That's terrible. I'd already been for a three mile run and she, she said, oh, I've got this route. And then we got to this point in the walk, and she went, okay, we can either do a seven-mile walk or an 11-mile walk. I said, what would you like to do? She said, I'd like to do the 11-mile walk because I'd like to do the hills. I was like, well, okay, we'll do the 11-mile walk. Now, that walk turned into a 15-mile 15, <coughs> 15 walk. And at one stage in the walk, I actually got attacked by a horse, which is quite funny. That's another story. Another po- at one point in this walk, I started to get quite... You know, we don't get back to the house now. But I could not see the house. I couldn't see the house. Where is it, Anna? Yeah, get hungry. Couldn't see the house. And sometimes when we're walking the life of faith, we can walk like like Abraham here, not quite knowing where we're going, but we're trusting the Lord who calls us in righteousness and holds our hand. And I followed Anna back to the house, trusting, having faith in her navigation skills, and that the house was indeed still there. And we got there. We live by faith, not by sight. We are called to obey, even when we haven't got every single thing figured out. Because you're not going to get every single thing figured out. And what I find is David killed the, uh, well, God used David to kill the kill the lion and kill the bear. And it just got more difficult. i got to kill this giant. There's always trust. There's always not quite knowing where we're going. Except that God is good and God is with us. Nevertheless, will the Son of Man, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I guess a couple of ways we can respond to this. One is Jesus told the story for a specific purpose. Hope you remember what it is. I want you always to pray and not to lose heart. So before I move on, I'd love it if you just bow your heads for a moment. And I'm just gonna pray for us because I'm quite confident that Jesus told this story because there will be people here that are struggling with prayer. They are losing heart. And I'm going to pray for you. So first of all, I'll just give you a moment of quiet just to tell the Lord where you're struggling, where you're losing heart. That's where we'll start. And then I'll pray. Father, I want to pray for your people this morning, Lord. Father, I want to pray that you'd fill each person here with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And Father, where there are people who are losing heart, Lord, I pray that you would restore the joy of your salvation to them. And Father, I pray for people who are perhaps giving up on prayer, Lord, that you would put a passion and a zeal in them to cry day and night for that which you're putting on your heart, Lord, on their hearts, Father. Just pray for this, Lord. Pray for this church, Lord, that we would be a people that do not give up on prayer, but we pray, we cry to you day and night for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done in each of our lives, Lord God, in Jesus' name. The second thing is, but will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? And I, I meditate on this little passage in Hebrews 11 a lot. It says, by faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous God, commending him by accepting his gifts. So what happened here with Abel is Abel gets his best, his first and his best and he gives it to God. sacrifices it to God. Whereas the Bible says of Cain in the course of time he brought his offering to the Lord. And What I've found, um, Ellie shared about kingdom maths. I'm sure lots of you have got stories about kingdom maths. I've seen kingdom maths in action. Honouring the Lord first with your wealth is very, very key in, in an obedient life of faith because money is a rival God. We serve God with our money. We don't worship money. But faith offers first, Abel offers first to God. And the Bible says of Abel this, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. A life of obedience to God, a life of faith in God, means that long after you are gone, you will still be speaking, you will still be making a difference, like Abel, all these years later. So I want us to live a life of faith, doesn't mean you're going to understand everything, by faith Abraham obeyed, when he called to go out to a place, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, he didn't know where he was going. So I'm going to ask you, If you want to live a life of faith that bears fruit long after you're gone, like Abel, and perhaps you haven't got everything ironed out, you don't know everything. He went out not knowing fully where he was going. If you want to live a life of faith like that, I want you to stand with me and we're going to pray. So if you want to live a life of faith, though Through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. That would be everybody then. Good. Put your hands out to God. And let's pray. Father, Abraham went out, obeyed you, Lord. I just want to pray for every single person here today, Lord God, that they would obey you, Lord to obey you I want to pray you would show us where we're not obeying you show us where we're not obeying you Lord and help us to repent to turn help us to repent and to turn in these areas Lord because they will destroy us and they will destroy our legacies Lord God so help us to obey you Lord God I pray Lord for those of us who are All of us really, Lord, we follow you. We don't know exactly where we're going. We haven't got every T crossed and every I dotted, Lord God. But give us faith to follow you regardless. And Father, I want to pray that this church would do things, Lord God, that long after Kingsgate Church is gone, Father, we would still speak in Jesus' name. For your glory and our joy. Amen. Amen. Gina. Can you close with a song for us, please? Or Paul, sorry. Gina, sing. sing, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>